It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again. How are you doing? Matt Hausman. Hopefully you guys are doing great and I think for the most of us, all of us are kind of getting into spring. I know around here, the weather uh, has just been absolutely awesome. Today, what I'm going to jump into is I probably get this question, I don't know, probably about every time I talk to somebody, at least the initial conversation I have with someone. Many times, you know, they might be talking about, you know, different aspects of their personal situation and maybe some of the things they're looking to get out of our meeting, but it always ends up coming back to money. And the question is always this, Matt, how much money do I have to have to retire? And one of the things I came across the other day was an article that was on Yahoo Finance, and it talked about how long a million dollars in retirement will last in the top 50 cities in America. And I was like, let me jump into this. Let me actually read this and see, you know, what's the criteria? What, What assumptions are they making? To see, first of all, you know, I'm in Metro Philly. Let's see where that is. I grew up down in Florida. Let's see where Florida falls. And kind of looking at that, it's a million dollars. Like, is that the end all be all amount that we have to have in our overall investment accounts? Whether, you know, hopefully it's a combination of 401k, Roth 401k or Roth IRA and traditional uh, brokerage accounts. Again, so we can look to hopefully mitigate uh, and minimize taxes when we go to spend this money. But this, I'm going to make sure that I include a link to this article so you can go in and look. Some of the assumptions I saw when they went through this, I thought was uh, maybe a little false. But one thing it did point out is that when you're coming into retirement, or really at any time in life, you know, my age right now, talking to my kids, uh, talking to other clients that are in between those ages, let's say mid, mid-30s, mid-40s, is we always want to be thinking about expenses And we want to think about our budgetary monthly cash flow. Because one of the things that they talk about in here, as we look at the different cities, is they're calculating in, and they'll tell you where they got the different expense numbers. But obviously, we know it is a heck of a lot more expensive to live in San Francisco or New York than it is to live in Dallas, Texas, or Jacksonville, Florida. And so that's something else that you want to be thinking about, you know, as you're forecasting out, Matt, how much do I need to have in retirement? And the reality is there's so many variables that you need to consider when you're trying to factor out, is it a million or is it five? I mean, how much money are you spending, right? So listen, before we jump into that, let's make sure we deal with the disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30-minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, 
at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmatt.com, www.speakwithmatt.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so let's jump into this. Uh, first of all, let me show that. So I'm looking at this on Yahoo Finance, and it was originally, um, I guess, published by GoBankingRates.com. Uh, but I'm looking at it on Yahoo Finance. It's the same information. But a couple of things that let's look at as they're calculating this, you know, what, what factors are they using for this million dollars? Well, the first thing I noticed, at least anywhere that where I read this million dollars, they don't tell you what tax bucket it's sitting in. Now, you guys have heard me talk about that all the time, right? That's so important because if it's a million dollars sitting in your traditional 401k account or IRA, you know, who's our partner in that? Good old Uncle Sam, right? So depending on how we distribute it to ourselves with a million dollars, more than likely at a minimum, by the time we get to minimum distribution age, which currently is 72, we're going to owe some federal tax on that. Now, this is where part of their ranking should be looking at, at the state level, how much tax am I going to be due on those distributions? So this is, again, why it's so important to know where your money is from a tax perspective. Is it a traditional retirement account, pre-tax? Every dollar coming out is going to be taxed. I'm also going to be subject to minimum distributions at the age of 72. Or is it a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k? What's happening there is I take the distributions out. It's reportable, not taxable. Currently, doesn't even go into the calculation of our Social Security being taxed. And then, of course, we have a traditional investment account where what we're looking at there is we're, we would be paying capital gains, whether it's a short-term or long-term capital gains. And if we're getting dividends, we're going to pay tax on that, at least at the Fed level. This is where you're going to want to understand what your state is going to be doing. And then, of course, any interest that is accruing. So let me give you an example. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up in Florida. Florida, no state income tax. What does that mean? That doesn't mean if I have money in an IRA, a Roth IRA, or a traditional brokerage account. At the state level, I don't owe any tax on that money. Now, let's look here in PA, where I'm recording, outside of Philadelphia. In Pennsylvania, there is a state tax, but there's no tax on retirement income. What does that mean? Social Security, pensions, and traditional IRA withdrawals. But there would be state tax due on other types of income, capital gains, dividends, interest, rental income. I'm going to owe at the state level on that. So that's, first of all, one thing I noticed in here that they didn't point out. Now, what they did after that was then they took the average Social Security payout, which I frankly thought this was pretty low, um, at only $1,400 per month per household. So that includes if, you know, if um, husband and wife are still married, still together, you know, we don't have a um, surviving spouse situation. So $1,400, in my opinion, at least from the clients that uh, we work with, that is very low as a household number, a household number. So I thought that was a little low. And then they calculated the average cost of living in these various cities using different factors, and then factored in a cost of living increase on those. Then they took the million dollars, and all they did was, okay, whatever is needed on an annual basis for that average Social Security payout, the average expenses in that particular city, 
We're just going to divide it up, and then we're going to see how long it lasts. So I, I think that's a little misunderstanding as well because, you know, unless, you know, as Gordon Gecko said famously in the Wall Street movie, money never sleeps unless you, well, I'm making this up, <laughs> unless you stick it under the bed or you bury it. We always want money to be working. So just to let you know, San Francisco, most expensive, $136,000 of annual expenses per year. That million dollars after factoring in the Social Security payout or Social Security benefit is only going to be eight to nine years. In Los Angeles, Seattle, D.C., Boston, San Diego, 13 to 17 years. Portland, Denver, Miami, 62 to 66,000 a year in expenses. Then Philadelphia, 27 to 29 years. And then Memphis was number one with only $38,000 of annual expenses. Now, let's talk about your situation, the things that you should be thinking about with what this article is talking about. So we've already talked about where our money is from a tax perspective. One of the things now we want to look at, which is so important, especially in the event you do not have a pension, is what is your Social Security payout going to be? And what's going to be the biggest strategy for you in implementing when you're going to take Social Security? Social Security, is, you know, you need to look at this as a major asset that you have and making the right decision on when to take it is so important. The other thing I would tell you, one of the things this article talked about is, was the average retirement age was 62 for women and 65 for men. But one of the things you really want to factor in as it pertains to Social Security and then the other side of Social Security, which is Medicare, is what is your health care? If you're going to pull the trigger early pre-Medicare age or eligibility, you know, what's your health care going to come from? You know, you guys have heard me talk about that all the time. It is so important to make sure that you're going to have health care coverage at a reasonable price in the event you are going to retire pre 65 or Medicare eligibility. So, but Social Security is so important. When are you going to take it? What's your full retirement age? Both spouses working. What extra benefits potentially could you take advantage of depending on how you claim Social Security? We have many clients where we have assisted in strategic Social Security planning where I can tell you their monthly benefit is considerably more than $1,400 a month. Considerably more. And of course, Social Security is, you know, what you're going to receive is based on your earnings record. So it's also important to make sure that your earnings record is correct with Social Security. But Social Security is going to be, you know, is a, especially if you don't have a pension, is a huge factor in how much money am I going to need for retirement. Now let's talk about the other income sources you might have. Well, you might have a pension. You might have real estate income or Maybe you have that traditional brokerage account that's going to be kicking off interest and dividends and capital gains that instead of reinvesting them, you can use that as income. So what are your other income sources are extremely important. For instance, if it's a pension, when are you eligible for the pension? Is the pension going to offer you a lump sum? That's actually one of the questions I got this last week. It seems like it's really been happening a lot over the course of the last six to seven years is these pension buyout opportunities. Does it make sense? Well, you're going to want to look at what they're offering you in a lump sum versus what the monthly payout is going to be. If you're married, it's not just about you. It's about the surviving spouse as well. So the income sources we have before 
we get to that, quote, million-dollar nest egg is extremely important to understand what's going to be the strategies that you're going to implement those once the, quote, paycheck stops. The other thing, let me talk about the paycheck, because I was talking with someone in the office just yesterday, and the idea was, there is no way I'm going to be able to sit at home and not do anything. So the other thing is, do you want to continue to potentially work, even if it's just part-time? Many of our clients do that, working part-time. And, you know, or, you know, maybe it's not going to be working for a wage. Maybe you're going to be doing charity. But if it's going to be working for a wage or doing some type of consulting, what have you, that's going to factor in. And how long are you planning to do that? So the full-time job or full-time career you've retired from, now you're going to go into something else. How long are you planning to do that? Well, that obviously is potentially going to either, if you got the million dollars, it's going to increase the longevity of the million, or now maybe you don't need it, right? Again, with regards to Social Security, I had someone in my office yesterday that um, had a misunderstanding about this. If you are going to work part-time and you're going to elect Social Security, you want to make sure that if you're going to make more than, I think this year it's like $18,000, maybe a little more, that you are declaring for your Social Security, you're electing your Social Security at your full retirement age. If you take it early, There's an earnings restriction that you have to be aware of because if you go over that amount, it's a 50% penalty on your Social Security monthly benefit. So extremely important. Now, once you get past your full retirement age, whatever that is, so for instance, mine, 67. After 67, I can go earn as much as I want. There's no penalty or withholding of benefit on Social Security. So in the event you are going to go down that road, so let's say you're going to I'm going to retire at 62. I got health care coverage till 65. I'm not worried about it, but I'm going to go work and take Social Security. Well, if it's over $18,000, you might have a problem. That, that might have been the wrong Social Security election because you're going over that amount and they're just going to withhold that benefit from you. So looking at that, now, what's another factor that you really have to dial in on? One of the things we talked about earlier is budget expenses. When I look at these expenses, for instance, I'm going to, let's pull up Philadelphia. It says the annual expenses in Philadelphia are fifty one to fifty two thousand dollars. Now, if you're if you're in Metro Philadelphia, is that realistic? Is that yours? Or are you more or above? Obviously if you're more than that, your income's gonna need to be more, your retirement income and your nest egg is gonna be need to be more. If it's lower than that, then obviously it comes down proportionate. Now the one thing to realize when we talk about the annual expenses, one of the things that we notice, and many of you heard me talk about this in the past, is in those first four, seven, eight years of retirement, those are the bucket list years. Those are the go-go years. So you have, want to factor in how much more to go hit those bucket list items and I'm, am I going to be spending, right? So your expenses... This doesn't actually calculate into that, or they don't use that assumption. What we see is expenses in the first couple years of retirement, like I said, sometimes seven, eight years out, are greater than when they are uh, when they're older, when they've been in retirement for 10, 12, 15 years, right? So that's something else you really want to look at. Having a grip on your expense number is going to be extremely important to helping you determine how much do I need, right? Now, the other thing, let's you know, this has really come up a lot, especially over the course of the last you know year. And that is, what if I am in New York? We got, we've been hearing about this, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, California, in those high tax states, and I'm wanting to get out. And so I'm going to be moving to a state potentially 
that's going to have a lower tax hit for me, not only on income taxes. You know, one of the things that you also want to be considering is real estate taxes. You know, the cost of living is extremely important. And part of that is if I'm going to go to another, let's say I'm going to go to Florida. You know, right now, Florida is like everyone from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, they're going down there. Is, you know, what are the real estate taxes going to be? Are they really showing that the cost of living is lower? You know, obviously we know the state income tax rate is lower. So it's real important to have that understanding if you are looking to relocate. Uh, we've had numerous clients that have uh, left our you know, general local area here, probably you know, between um, New York to Maryland. We've had a decent number that have headed south or west. You know, so that can also factor in going back to where our money is, how it's going to be taxed, and then where we're going if we're going to own real estate, how much are our real estate taxes going to be? As many of you who are Pennsylvania residents, you know that you know our tax rates up here are a lot more expensive than our state just to the south, and that's Delaware. You know, so another important factor is going to be if you're looking to move, you know, am I getting out of a state income tax situation to go into a situation where the real estate taxes are just as expensive or more expensive than what I'm paying now. Something else to really consider. Now, the other thing to talk about, now let's go back to the million dollars. As you're coming to that number, one of the things to look at on the million dollars, especially as we are moving into retirement, is this is where it is so important. They're factoring no return on investment. Is that realistic? Well, it is if I'm going to be so conservative. You know, if you've seen the video that I sent out a couple weeks ago talking about how much cash should I have, if I take all million dollars, which is what they factored in, and I just stuck it into an account that earned nothing, or right now in a cash account, that essentially, what, what are you going to, I think Wells Fargo pays us 0.01%. That is nothing, right? So this is where it is so important, where we're going to need a return to expand those years. But how do we do that? This is where we look to manage risk. And that is where we, we have buckets of money, not only from a tax perspective, but now we have buckets of money with varying degrees of risk. We have safe monies, we have balanced monies in terms of our investment risk, and then we have long-term growth monies. And so in doing that, that allows us to go back to what Gordon Gecko says, money is always working, at least it should always be working for us. And this is where it is very important that we position our money with different risks. So when it comes time to distribute the money to us, we can decide what bucket to take from based on how the different buckets are performing. So I'm going to go back. Let's go back a year ago right now. So we're going April 2020. We're in the midst of the whole lockdown. The market hit the bottom at the end of March. And if I got to take money, if let's say all of my money is just safe as can be, sitting in a bunch of CDs, and the CDs are kicking off the interest to me. Well, first of all, that's going to be very low. Is that going to meet my expense number? But hey, listen, I didn't have any of the loss that happened in March with monies that were in the stock market. So it's April 2020. I'm feeling pretty good. If I had all of my money in the stock market, oh my gosh, that's a 30% loss. Holy cow. But if I have some money in safe instruments and some in balance where maybe my loss was only 20% and then I had long-term growth, heck, maybe there I'm, I'm down 35%. The difference in doing that is I can choose where to take the money from. But if I have all of my money safe, what have I missed out on? I didn't have any of the loss. That's correct. But what have I missed out on on the last 12 months? 
what has the market done? It has rebounded and gone over and above where it was at the height at the end of, what was that, January of 2020. So this is why it's so important that we, we have varying degrees of risk to be able to then manipulate our recognition of loss because of a distribution need. So we're always moving where we're taking the money from, depending on the performance of those different accounts. Of course, the other thing you really want to look at, especially if the majority of your money is in traditional 401k accounts, and that is we really want to make sure that we, are, we have done that exercise of putting monies in different positions of risk. Why? Because not only do we have to get the money out of those accounts and hopefully mitigate the loss because of that, but now we owe Uncle Sam and Uncle Sam doesn't care about the performance of your monies. They just know that when that money comes out, however much you're taking, plus all of your other income, you're going to have to pay him some taxes. And that, again, is why, especially with the traditional IRA, the traditional 401k money, it is so important to have varying degrees of risk because not only are we trying to mitigate the loss on the account, but we know regardless if there is a loss or not, I'm going to owe Uncle Sam some money. Depending on the state, you also might owe the state some money as well. You know, so let's go back. Matt, how much do I need in retirement? I will tell you the answer I give is, you know, it, it really varies. It depends on your other income sources that you have. It also depends on your expense number. You know, we have some clients that, you know, quite frankly, have some very healthy Social Security income numbers, have some really healthy pension numbers coming in. So, and it more than meets their expense number. So do they need a million dollars to live the retirement lifestyle that they want? No, they really don't because heck, Social Security and pensions is probably covering 95% of that. They don't need a million bucks, you know. Now, on the flip side, I have other clients that have real good Social Security numbers, have no pensions to speak of, and their expense numbers would be, you know, a good, a good percentage higher than what the average is for the particular cities that this article is talking about. So the extent, expense numbers and income sources are so important for you to have a grip on, and of course taxes, because that's part of expenses, to understand, hey Matt, how much do I need? Is a million dollars enough? So listen everyone, hopefully that's been helpful. You kind of get an understanding on some of the exercises I would recommend going to see hey, Matt, how much do I need? You know, How much is going to be enough for me to live the, the retirement lifestyle that I'm really looking for? So listen, if you have a question or scenario that you would like for us to deal with on the show, uh, talk about on the show, feel free to do that at info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Again, info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Or just go to our website, smartmoneyquestions.com. There's a place right there, ask Matt a question. You can do that. If you would rather have a personal conversation with me, you can do that at speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. That's my online calendar. You can schedule a 15 or 30-minute conference call. If you think it's going to be longer, please reach out to us directly at either info at smartmoneyquestions.com or our office number 610-719-3003. Listen, everyone, hope it's been helpful. Hopefully it's been valuable, and we will talk soon. Everybody take care.